Today I want to share with you the amazing gift that God has given to us, his precious, wonderful Holy Spirit. And he is the one who enables us to pray in tongues, which is actually praying in an unlearned language. Many people refer to it as praying in the Spirit. Praying in the Spirit, it's the life of prayer. It's talking and listening to God. And Jesus came, you see. He came and he lived and he died and he went to hell and he was raised from the dead just so that you and I could come close to God, so that his precious Holy Spirit could come and indwell us, live inside us, so that we are brought close to the Father. There's never anything hard or dry about that because he's always there. His presence, you know he's there. God has said, I will never ever leave you. I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. Let me see, if I give you an illustration, you see my husband, Derek, he's, he's a wonderful man, he's a good man. And when he walks into a room, even if I'm not, I don't see him come in, I am aware that he is there. When he's not at home, I know he's not there. I just want him in the house, even though we may be in different parts of the house um, doing our different kind of work. Um, but I feel he's there. When he goes out, even if I don't hear him go out, I know he's gone. You see, his goodness comes with him. I actually have a testimony of, of how that goodness of a person comes with them. Um, we'd only been married two years and we were in the United States of America and I was into the dentist chair and he was filling one of my back teeth and um, when he told me to close my mouth after he'd filled it, the filling that he'd just filled cracked. Now this happened twice and the dentist was getting rather annoyed, I think probably with me. Um, and actually the anaesthetic had worn off by then and I was feeling distinctly unwell. But then suddenly I felt, I felt well again and I felt strength in my body and I felt at peace and it felt like all is well. And then I heard Derek's voice praying very quietly in tongues. I think that the dentist and his nurse were totally unaware that he was there. And I knew, but I, I knew the presence of God. I knew the goodness of God. I knew the goodness, as it were, of Derek was there, even though I could not see him and could not hear him originally. And as I said, everything went well from then. And you see, this is an illustration of when we pray in the Spirit, when we seek his face, Jesus comes. His goodness is always there. It comes with him. Now, as wonderful as Derek is, he is so much smaller than God. So how much more when Jesus um, presents himself, when his goodness comes, do we know that he is there? You know, when I lift my heart to the Lord, he is always there. When you lift your heart to the Lord, he is always there. The Bible tells us that if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Even when we take the smallest, most faltering of steps towards God, he immediately responds to come close to us. Now, God's presence is everywhere, but his manifest presence, his felt presence, is when we really turn our hearts to him. He just wants your heart. He just wants my heart. 
if you will draw near to the Father, take those first faltering steps um, in prayer, he will draw nigh to you. He'll draw nigh to you with his wisdom, with his direction, with his information, with his instruction. You see, God is a giving God. He's not a withholding God. And the experience um, that the disciples had in the early church, it wasn't just for then. It wasn't just a historical account. It's for now. It's for you. It's for me. But first of all, come back with me in time, nearly 2,000 years ago. Imagine with me what Jesus' disciples must have felt. Jesus, their amazing leader, the long-awaited Messiah, had been delivered and was coming to deliver the Jews from bondage. And then he's taken prisoner. He's crucified like a common criminal. I think today's shame would be, let's say, like the electric chair. They were depressed. They were afraid the Jews would kill them just like they had killed Jesus. And it was a midnight hour for them. It was a time of absolutely no hope. But suddenly, the women come into the room where they are and they give them the most astounding, amazing news. Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. The tomb is empty. If you go to Jerusalem and visit the garden tomb, you will see they say, he is not here, he is risen. And there is the empty tomb. And they were, the women were the very first disciples or the evangelists of the empty tomb. But the, the, the disciples were so depressed, they could not believe this good news. And sometimes we get so depressed that it's difficult for us to believe good news. But let's read together the account in Luke. And it's chapter 24, and I'll paraphrase uh, the first three verses. The women went to the tomb at early dawn to embalm Jesus' body. Everyone was so depressed. Jesus was dead. There was his dead body. They'd seen his dead body taken from the cross and put into the tomb. And so they go there with, with all the spices to embalm his body. But they found the stone rolled away. This is a massive stone that weighs tons, that no man could actually move by himself. Um, and they went inside and they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And while they were greatly perplexed and they wondered what on earth had happened, someone had stolen the body. And suddenly two men in dazzling raiment suddenly stood beside them. And because the women were so terrified, they were so frightened, they said, why do you look for the living among the dead? They said to them, he is not here, but risen. And they said, remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee. Verse 7, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Verse 9, then they returned from the tomb to the eleven disciples and they told them everything. Verse 11, and these words appeared to the men as idle tale, as nonsense, and they would not believe them. I'm sure that you meet some people like that, but pray for them. God can turn them around. Verse 12, it says, But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, and stooping and looking in, he saw the linen wrappings only, and he went away to his home, marveling at that which had happened. And you see, Jesus appears to his disciples over this whole period 
of 40 days. If we look in um, the first letter to the Corinthians, um, chapter 15, um, verse th um, 3, Paul's writing, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Verse 5, he was seen by Cephas, Peter, and then by the twelve. Verse 6, after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. And verse 7, after that he was seen by James and then by all the apostles. Verse 8, last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Let's go back, let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 3. To these Jesus also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing, unquenchable evidence and infallible proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of heaven. You see, before Jesus left his disciples, he had commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the promise. Acts 1 verse 4, gathering them together, Jesus commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me. Verse 5, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in um, Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. And we are witnesses that they witness to the remotest part of the earth. Verse 9, and after Jesus had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And verse 14, they remembered what Jesus said. He said, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. They all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication in the upper room where the disciples were staying. Uh, and it was with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers, his half-brothers. Now, did Jesus keep his promise? Did God the Father keep his promise? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves on each one. And it literally, in, in the New American Standard Bible, it says, it, he sat on each one of them. The Spirit of God rested on each one of the disciples that were there. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. They began to speak in languages they had never learned. As the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was giving them utterance. And a proof of this, verse 5, now there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this, this sound occurred, a multitude came rushing together and they were totally bewildered. They were saying, uh, you know, each one of us, we're hearing these men speak in our own language. Verse 7, they were amazed and marveled and saying, why? 
Are not all those who are speaking ignorant Galileans? And we're Cretans, Arabs, we hear them in our own tongues, speaking of the mighty deeds of God. When you pray in tongues, you are speaking mysteries, you are speaking of the mighty deeds of God. And Peter says, look, you know, these, some said they're drunk. He said, no, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning, verse 16. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. Verse 32, this Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this, which you both see and hear. Everything that we receive from God is based on the suffering and the triumph of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Everything is by God's grace. And Peter said to them, verse 38, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and your children. I love this bit. And for all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. Please, the Holy Spirit of God, the baptism is for you. Let's remind ourselves, who is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit? Luke 3 says, Jesus said, I'm so sorry, John the Baptist said, as for me, I baptize you with water, but one is coming who's mightier than I um, and uh, whose uh, thong of his sandals I I'm unfit to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And then Jesus speaking to his disciples in Luke 11 verse 13 says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. The scripture clearly tells us Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He told them to wait in Jerusalem till the, the promise of the Father was poured out. Thus, um, at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the disciples in the upper room. Verse 39, we see that the Holy Spirit is for all who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that the baptism of the Holy Spirit actually is for everyone watching this TV broadcast um, who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is for you. He has been poured out, there's no need to wait. And Jesus had said, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, all you need to do is ask. Ask believing that God keeps his promise. He said, ask and I will give. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit is with the evidence of speaking in tongues. My personal testimony is I was prayed for to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit and I felt no different and I didn't speak in tongues. And a lady had a vision and she said she'd seen, it was rather like a rock, and she saw a little crack in it and a tiny drop of water coming out. And she said that drop of water turned into a trickle, turned into a little stream, turned into a flood. And you know, that's exactly what happened to me. Over a period of weeks, I had 
these, these words that I'd never learned, kind of bubbling up inside me, but I, mm, I wasn't going to speak. And one day a friend came round and she, she said to me, she said, the Lord has said, let it out. And I did. And words that I'd never learned in a language just came tumbling right out of my mouth. And so the response is, would you like to receive that amazing infilling of the Holy Spirit of God and be able to pray in tongues? Because, you know, sometimes I would feel like my mind's gone out to lunch. Uh, I, I term it like that. And I, there are some things that you can be in a situation where fear strikes you. And one's mind isn't actually built to take that amount of fear. Um, but you can still pray in tongues because it bypasses your mind. You're speaking directly to God. Even if you don't understand what you are saying, the Spirit of God through your, through your mouth is making intercession for you. I have had that kind of situation that I was given quite out of the blue some really frightening news or potentially frightening news. And I remember shaking physically and I was able to, to get off by myself and just pray in the spirit and pray in the spirit. And I felt so physically weak that I could sit down and just hold my head and pray in the spirit. But you know, after a while I felt the strength of God come into me, the joy of God and that peace that all is well. It's not as it seems. All is well. It's in God's hands. And do you know it was? I am so grateful for the gift of being able to pray in a language that I'd never learned that can bypass my mind but be directly in communion with God and to be able to receive his blessing and his assurance that all is well. And so would you like to receive the baptism, the gift, the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God? If you would, would you like to, to pray with me? I will pray. And maybe you might like to repeat that prayer, knowing that the Spirit of God will fill you if you have asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. If you haven't asked Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour, just pray in this way. Almighty God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your Son, that he paid the price for my sins that he was crucified, dead, and buried. You raised him from the dead, and he is now seated in heaven. I receive you, Lord Jesus, into my heart as my Lord and Saviour. Thank you for saving me. Dear Heavenly Father, I now ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit and I look to you. Please baptize me now. Fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Now believe that you receive. And you may ask, sorry, and as we saw in verse 4, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in an unlearned language. They hadn't learned as the Holy Spirit was giving them utterance. It's the Spirit who gives you the utterance, gives you the words. But you might say, well, why pray in tongues when I can't understand 
what I'm praying. Do you know, I used to feel exactly the same. And then I heard Jackie Pullinger's testimony, and she had felt the same. And she had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the gift of praying in tongues. And her friends had said, are you praying in the Spirit? And she said, no, I don't see the point. I don't understand what I'm saying. And they said to her, and I felt the Lord said to me, how extremely rude and ungrateful of you. This is an amazing gift that God has given you and you've popped it in a drawer. And it's, the gift is still there. You need to use it. And so what they said to her, and which helped me tremendously, was that every day, determined to speak um, in tongues, whether you understand it or not, whether you, you are as dry, as dry, as dry, whether you feel absolutely nothing but dryness, pray in tongues. And you know, start with five minutes, then 10 minutes, then 15 minutes every single day. And Jackie Pullinger did this, and she found that after a month, because she'd been witnessing to people on the streets of Hong Kong for two years. But now she found that when she witnessed, people were receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. She said it was absolutely amazing. And she thought, wow, I'm so good. I really, you know, I'm really good at this. And then she realized, no, it's the Spirit of God working through me. And I have found exactly the same. And you know, the promise is that power will come upon us, power to witness. And so there is that inherent power, dynamis, when the Spirit of God comes in, you have that power to witness powerfully and effectively. And if we will pray, even just 15 minutes a day, every single day, we will know an amazing difference that we will find that we will have divine appointments, that we will be able to speak the words that those people are hungry for. What Jackie Pullinger found and realized, and which I have found also, that when she was praying in tongues, she was praying for the people that she would meet. Um, and that is what made an enormous difference. The Spirit of God could use her prayer and touch all those people that were going to come across her path. We can do the same. You can do the same. You will know an enormous difference. And if you have the gift of tongues already, but, you know, sometimes we, we lose sight of the importance. Pray in tongues every day. You may feel dry, you may not. And a personal testimony, um, Pastor Derek and I, I mean, we, we were just friends in the church, um, in, in a whole group of people. And Derek's mum had invited me to go and stay um, in Switzerland, because that's where she lived, um, with her and with, with Derek and his sister. Um, and I thought, well, I'll fly on my own and Derek and his sister will go together. But somehow his sister went on ahead and Derek and I flew together. Um, and a friend had said to us, the Lord has said, every day you two must pray together in, in the spirit, in tongues, for an hour every single day. Whatever else happens, you must do that. Um, and we realized mom's flat would got one bedroom and it was open plan and she really wouldn't have understood a thing that we were doing. And so what we did, and people hardly believe this, but we went up to the woods because that was one place where we could pray. And we prayed every single day. What happened? We fell in love. Well, actually, I was mad over Derek long before that, but people have heard that story. Um, and one day when we were praying in tongues, Derek just turned to me and said, he put his arm around me. And of course, I nearly fainted with absolute excitement. Um, and he said, will you marry me? And I mean, that was out of the blue, honestly. 
with Pastor Derek, you cannot tell what he's thinking or feeling. It was a total surprise and I burst into tears. Um, you know those tears of sheer joy and happiness and he said, oh, I've offended you, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, I said, oh no, <laughs> I'm crying tears of joy. And I realized that we were praying out the plan of God and we hadn't a clue what we were praying. Honestly, if I'd known what I was praying for, I'd have messed it up. I'd have been, you know, like Santa's little helper, I'd have gotten in the way. And so we, we prayed in the spirit and I believe that we also prayed for the church that God wanted us to start. But that was a mystery and it was in the realm of the spirit, but we were praying out into the realm of the scene, which now, when I look at Oxford Bible Church, I look and I say, look what God has done. I mean, not from every tribe and nation, but we are multicultural and everybody gets on well with each other and we have, and it's, it's multi-age. We have some people who are 85, nearly 90. We have tiny weeny weeny babies who are about one month old. Um, and we have people who are cleaners. I mean, I clean toilets from time to time. And we have someone like Derek who's got a first in maths. And we have lecturers in the university and everybody flows together. There is not one sign of any division, albeit in work or, or status or, or nation. It's, I, I, it's not us, it's God. And we find it amazing and to think, because you see there's a God side and a man side. God said do this, we obeyed, God was able to use that. But I'm really grateful that when we prayed in the spirit, we didn't know. And I want you to know that God said he will never ever leave you or forsake you. Pray in the spirit, start now. And one of the greatest things that a man or woman of God can do in prayer is pray in other tongues and that was Kenneth Copeland, who has an amazing ministry. Next week, I want to share some more about praying God's plan for your life into the here and now. God bless you.